Hello and welcome to Open School of Business. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to a fellow podcaster, an executive coach, and a marketing strategist, uh, Rosalie O'Donnell. And um, she's based off of uh, London, United Kingdom. Uh, she's originally from Puerto Rico. And uh, her journey has started with her being in finance. And now um, she's a multi-passionate entrepreneur, having um, her own agency in digital marketing. Uh, she's also the founder of a cosmetics brand uh, called DL. Um, and she has worked uh, in very different industries and has background um, bachelor's degree in finance and also a master's degree in NGO management. Um, hi, Rosalie. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, I am very excited today because you also have a, a podcast and it's all about marketing strategies. So um, could you share a little bit the idea behind starting a podcast and how is it helping with your businesses and what are the primary business that you're focusing right now? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I, it's really funny because I started, I, I was thinking about starting a podcast for like two years and it literally only took me eight weeks to make it happen, you know? So I really wish I had started two years ago, but anyway, um, it, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. It's my podcast is called that marketing strategy show, and it's all about helping us uh, business owners and marketing managers and, and marketing directors and CMOs as well on how to find the right marketing strategy for their business and to help them uh, come up with the right strategy and the right technology tools that will help them uh, grow their profit. Um, so yeah, so it's been an interesting journey. Um, I started it, it launched in April this year, 2020. Um, and uh, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. So the focus is definitely marketing strategy with a little bit of mindset as well, because I, I, I'm also a coach, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah, yes. And like I've mentioned, you have a finance background uh, and you have uh, many years of experience there. How did you come to marketing? Well, I, um, I actually have always loved marketing. And to be honest, the, the only reason why I went the finance route was because my parents, when I went to uni a very long time ago, my parents were like, yeah, you should, you should do finance, you know, you should do finance, finance. You always have a job if you do, if you go finance, you know, and I, I cause I really wanted to just, uh, marketing. Um, but then, um, in my finance journey, I, I was working with a, a Spanish um, tech company. And one of the areas that I work with was very closely was with, with, um, with the, their marketing department. So uh, doing reporting and analysis for their offers and, you know, what, what they, what they would, what, how, you know, the, the results, how the results were coming up and, analysis based on the different offers that they were putting out and things like that. So I had a very close 
um, relationship, working relationship with the marketing department. And it, it was really a natural, was a natural progression for me really to go to that, that route because I really enjoyed the dynamics. I really enjoyed, um, you know, marketing is, was more fun and I guess it kind of aligns more with my personality than the finance department that was quite serious and strict and methodical, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, it was somehow just a natural progression, I guess. Right. And I think marketing is a um, skill and a science that can be really, really critical in either uh, making or breaking the brand. Um, so could you share um, some fundamentals that you talk about with your coaching clients uh, when you talk about marketing? Marketing. Yeah, sure. So, okay. So for, for me, the main thing that I, I, I took over and over and over again is to have a life cycle approach when it comes to your marketing strategy. So life cycle marketing is, is, in my opinion, the best way to look at uh, strategy when it comes to a company. And what life cycle marketing is, it basically um, entails asking five crucial questions that determine your customer's uh, journey within that company. So number one, the first question is, how do you attract people to your offers and to your company and to your services and products? Number two, how do you um, capture their details? So you make sure that you not only people don't just come to your, you know, social media or podcasts or websites, etc., but you actually have a very strategic way to capture people's details. Number three, how do you connect with people so they keep in touch and you build your know, like, and trust because people buy from people that they know they like and they trust. Number three, uh, number four, um, selling. So how do you, how are you selling? Uh, what's your selling process looking like? Um, what are your products that you're selling? And number five, how do you deliver and wow your products and services to make sure that in a systematic way, people come back to you for more or they refer more people to you. So these are basically the, the five kind of key elements that have to do with life cycle marketing. And every single thing that I do, I first start with the foundation. So making sure people understand who their ideal customers are, uh, you know, are they articulating the right thing to the right person at the right time of the right time in the customer journey. Number three, um, you know, what are the products and services that you, you're offering and do people actually want them? Once we've got these foundations, then we can look at the life cycle, you know, the customer life cycle. And it's so important because so many times people, companies um, are doing a lot of different activities and they're busy on different platforms, but there's no intentionality and there's no integrated approach to their marketing. So, Again, the main thing for me is having a bird's eye view, you know, a life cycle view. What is the journey that the customer is taking? And then when we understand that, we can design the, the different 
tools, we can pick the tools, we can pick the strategies that will work for that business based on where the customer is within that journey. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it really uh, is logical. And I do have a couple of follow-up questions. When you said, uh, how do you capture the customer's information? What did you mean exactly? Because I think a lot of companies think that if they have a following here on this platform, social media, or the other platform, also social media, they're happy with that. And they think they can start um, pushing their ads or pushing their communication through that and uh, hope for some conversion. Yeah. Isn't that some kind of a right way? Yeah. So, uh, okay. My opinion is very strong about this and it's absolutely is not the best way um, to engage with customers. So social media has its place and it's really great for attracting and for nurturing, but um, the goal should always be to bring people into your CRM so your email marketing. Um, and so it's to bring people into a platform that you can really help them uh, hear from you on your own terms. So when someone is on social media, they go on social media for whatever reason that they they have, right? Because they are looking at their phone and they they might happen to bump into what you are sharing. But when you... When someone goes into your email list, you are the one who commands their attention by sending them emails, right? So again, when you're on social media, you don't own the platform. So you don't, you, you know, if there's a change in algorithms, your, your, your visibility might be affected. I have, I've had customers that had hundreds of thousands of followers. And then when Facebook decided to change the algorithm, only two to three percent of people would actually see what they were their offers and their communication so so again social media is 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 great as top of the funnel but in terms of deepening a relationship with someone there's nothing better than email marketing so you have to give people a reason to give you their email address right and so this is again what social media is great for is putting information out there that is enticing and that is educational or entertaining, depending on what the company goal is goals are. But the goal is to bring them out of social media and to get them into your world, which is in within email marketing. I hope that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. I think it is completely um, rational and uh, a lot of people are doing um, what they're called uh, drip campaigns and uh, always trying to keep that communication through their newsletters and offering free resources uh, and sometimes a lot of different um, discounts if you sign up for their newsletters. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also um, people sometimes sign up and um, the customers, they would just kind of ignore the email inside of their inbox and the rate of opening sometimes drops Um, yeah and how would you address that so there's a right way to do email marketing and there's a very wrong way to do email marketing so nowadays 
people don't sign up to newsletters anymore, right? You have to give them a good reason to get into your inbox. You have to give them a, a reason and it doesn't necessarily have to be a free reason. You know, some of my clients, for example, have a, a, a low cost, an entry level offer um, that will get them into uh, their email funnel. Um, some of my customers do webinars or masterclasses that are with really valuable information that their ideal customers uh, want to hear about or would like to learn about, you know, um, some of them are free offers that people can download. And so obviously the, the thing about social email marketing, which actually, in my opinion, I think is good is, is that you have to be clever, intentional, and, and you have to offer something that is meaningful for people to download uh, for, for people to give you their email address, where it's not anymore a matter of just putting your email so that you can get a newsletter because nobody likes newsletters, you know? But if I'm really interested in learning something, um, I will download that thing or I will buy the offer or I will sign up to the webinar and then I know that I'm going to get valuable information that I need because it, it answers to a specific pain that I have or because I find incredibly entertaining then that is completely different to just signing up to a newsletter and then in terms of the open rates for a newsletter so say so they between 10 and 20 percent you know say that you have a your open rate would be it's still better than the one or two percent that you get from an algorithm that isn't in your favor and as you know the algorithms on instagram on facebook they keep on even on linkedin although linkedin i think is one of the best places for visibility right now they change all the time and so you have no uh predictability when it comes to how many people are going to see what you're posting um you know, how many people are actually going to engage with it. And what happens is that, you know, a lot of people engage, they look at your stuff and then they just move on to the next thing. So they don't necessarily take an action. Whereas when you're sending an email to someone with something that is a meaningful, with, with a, a head, a, a, a title, that a headline, you know, for your message that is really engaging it's we're talking 20%. That's way, that's way, way more. And let's say that it would, let's say it's only 10% because your emails aren't that great. It's still better than, than social media, you know? Yeah, and the I thing agree. about, I think about the emails that you can really construct, um, meaningful emails that get them to know you better, that, that little by little gives them more information about what you do and what you're, offering so that at the right time when you actually ask them to buy something from you if they're genuinely interested they will buy from from you i mean this is this isn't you know these are not um this is statistically proven you know i've seen it with customers over and over again the difference between not having an email uh marketing strategy and depending on social media versus um having a, a strategic and well thought thoughtful and thought through email marketing strategy and the difference in the profits is absolutely it is huge so um and so yeah I think so you i think gladly mentioned about um people buying from people and brands that they 
like and trust and the trust can be built only over time so having yeah. that email communication is very important yeah and um, you know and and you're right i mean and and it has to be meaningful you know it, it's you know it's it's again it's not uh you know some some one of the brands that i was working with they were an e-commerce brand and you know they would they just had a discount offer which for people to opt in for example and that's great to a certain extent but the challenge with that is that people would sign up and then they just i don't know get the discount and that's it and they wouldn't even open the emails anymore whereas if if they off, they switch the strategy to right we're going to get people to sign up because we're going to educate them on how to use this type of product that completely changed the game you know so it's not about just signing up to a, a newsletter because nobody likes newsletters like i don't like newsletters you know what i mean mm -hmm. but if there's a specific brand that does something specific that i absolutely think uh solves a problem for me and in their email marketing they're teaching me how to solve that problem or they're helping me come up with you know ways to some to 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 make my problem better i mean a hundred that's completely different to just a newsletter you know so right. and now also uh, we've just uh, had a conversation about ideal customers with Helen Pritchard yeah. uh, last week. And she's been talking about um, the narrower you are with your target audience, the better your communication will be. Yes. Um, is that still applicable to all services and businesses? I, I believe... In my opinion, I believe that it's definitely applicable to every single type of business. The thing is that people think that if they narrow down, they're going to lose customers. But that is the opposite because when you narrow down, you actually refine who you can help so you can find more of these people to help. And I mean, I do understand when you're a startup, you don't, you know, you don't know necessarily, right? So what I say to people that are starting, I say, listen, pick an industry, do it for 90 days, see what happens, you know, pick a, yeah. pick a sector that you like, do it for 90 days and see what results you get. And then after you get, after 90 days, it's enough time for you. If, so after 90 days of consistent outreach and working, uh, you know, a marketing activity, you will know if it's a good sector or not. Right. But the narrower you go, the better it is because you can create specific messages that, that, resonate to specific people like it's not the same thing to say you know um to, to 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 say you know that you help people with pain or to say i help people who have acute back pain you know what i mean so right. and someone with acute back pain you can say you know what it's like I, you wake up at night and you feel and you can't move and you don't know what to you can use specific messaging that has to do with people who have back pain and right. then the person who has back pain will go oh yeah that's exactly how i feel this is <laughs> for me it, it is you know? really cool that you mentioned the back pain specifically because it can apply to any person Yes. from any country, uh, doesn't matter, man or woman. Yes. But I think in recent um, 
like this ideal customer concept, uh, they like to talk about um, having complete picture about the uh, target audience. And sometimes I think they would, they would uh, divide them up into by gender or by age. Uh, and that might still be appropriate, I think, maybe because depending on their lifestyle, that you can use different messaging. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I. But yeah, I'll do. yeah. Yeah. So you can leave it at the general. Anyone who has back pain, or you can further, uh, uh, further divide it up into different sectors within that uh, audience. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then and, what, uh, what, yeah. what ends up happening is that the person who has the headache will go, "Oh, you know people who have back back pain so well. Um, can you help me with my headache as well?" You know, and you end up attracting other people anyway. Um, but I think it's it's important to, you know, just just to be specific. Yeah, right. Um, I want to talk about a little bit more. Yeah, about your journey. Like you said, you started with the finance and you've done marketing projects within that job. Um, but then you also uh, did the NGO management. And after that, you went ahead and started your own business in cosmetics and also in marketing consultancy. Um, I'm very curious about that whole transition because a lot of entrepreneurs are also multi-passionate and that I think precedence takes uh, a huge toll on someone's career, like doing transitions and uh, doing it in the right way, I think helps to get the best of it. So uh, I'm always interested in in stories about transitions. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think that um, at the end of the day, I guess you get to a point that you realize that everything that you do, you know, no, nothing is ever wasted. You know, you always get to use what you learn, no matter where you were for the next stage in life. But um, so in terms of my master's in NGO management, I, um, I'm really passionate about, you know, the not-for-profit sector and I do have a lot of clients in that sector. And I also, um, have been the, a trustee, like a board member on different, um, charity boards. So, um, essentially, again, it was all about managing, you know, helping of charities manage their their um you know the 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 entity but also ultimately getting people to know about the work they do i find that a lot of uh not-for-profit organizations do amazing work but they really lack in understanding how to let people know about it in a way that Mm -hmm. is effective and that really helps them do even more good you know because it helps Um, with fundraising and donations yeah 100 percent. Right? yeah 100 percent. you know and and charities can't survive without without donations and you know but a lot of them struggle to communicate the value the value of what they do in a way that is attractive to the people that actually could help them if that makes sense 
Um, so I've worked with a few to help them do that. Um, and I'm still actively involved. I was on the board of a charity that deals with, you know, um, elderly, the elderly people in Southwest London, and they do amazing work with elderly people, isolated elderly people that don't have family members and stuff. And they help them with, you know, meals and activities to keep them, uh, have, you know, help them have a enjoyable, uh, life. Um, so that was that. And then DL, so I started DL in 2012 and it kind of evolved and became more a, a life, a lifestyle and well-being brand. Um, but that was me going, do you know what? I really love this industry. I just want to have a go and give it a try and see what happens. And that went really well. And then Flat Out Social ended up being a progression out of that because a lot of people would come to me and ask me, how are you doing with DL? Can you teach me what you're doing? Can you help me here and that and there? And I started helping them with their marketing. And then, um, and then you know, they, it was, it, they got results. So then they kept referring me to other people. And then uh, I got to a point where I had to actually make it something different because I got introduced to this corporate company that needed help with their strategy. And I said to them, listen, I'll come and have a look and see what's, what you need. If I'm the right person, I'll tell you. If I'm not the right person, I'll recommend someone else. And so I went to the, a meeting with them and then uh, they it was again, the same stuff, you know, it's strategies, thinking about the life cycle of thinking about the customer journey. Um, and so I sat there and I was like, yeah, I can do it. But then obviously, uh, because it was a different type of project, I needed to create a company and make it a f official thing. I couldn't just, you know, do it just as a kind of friends make break kind of thing. So, yeah, so I set up Flat Out Social and it's absolutely been amazing. I've been able to have so many companies, um, again, look at the strategies, understand their foundations, gain understanding about, you know, what they're doing and and understanding uh, on what what they need to do to grow. You know, like I, th I think scaling, I guess, you know, when you start a business, you kind of, you wing it, you wing it, you wing it. And then you get to a point where you're like, right, I need to be able to have systems that allow me to grow. Otherwise it's, it can't grow, you know? And yeah. so I love doing that. Um, and I think that it's great that um, you mentioned that your own uh, success story with DL has attracted customers in that field. So it's based on referral now that you have one client and more clients and more clients it's mostly with referrals yeah so um the word of mouth works really well for especially consultant businesses so yeah well, uh, i think it's really amazing yeah and uh, f how do you juggle between the two how active are you on dl right now what is um sort of like the the stage where you're uh, yeah i would i'd say 80 80 20 so 80 percent of my time i'm with flat out social and only 20 percent with dl um but i do have amazing people to, who you know just help me do the other the other business um 
But yeah, but I was going to say well, on what you said on, on the referrals, you know, that's one of the things that I tell my customers all the time. Like the customers that like you and the customers that, you know, they've, they've used your products or you've your service and they absolutely love you. It's really important to have a systematic way to get referrals from them because studies have showed that people are people who have had a good customer experience are always happy to re, to refer but a lot of times they don't really think about it right so if you ask if you ask one of your customers to refer you hey do you know anyone who would might be interested in this as well you'd be surprised how many of them would gladly share with their world how great you are you know but um, companies don't do that systematically. So one of the ways, one of the things that we look at when it comes to lifecycle marketing, it's um, it's making sure that after someone has bought from you, you always ask them for a refer, you ask for a referral in a way that is suitable, obviously. Yeah, See? and uh, I think um, it's a very good point because it works almost like uh, recommendations at a workplace yeah um, when when you're working on a new project is get it's really good uh, practice to um, get recommendations after you've just completed the project and the work because yeah. later on people move on and you know you can't even find the person you worked with so yeah I think this is things that professionals do in their lives companies should do for their businesses as well um and since you have uh, two companies um i'm wondering about um your approach to uh your team and how you chose uh the people you work with and how many people uh, do you have working for each of the companies okay so um in terms of choosing people, I think it's really important to understand what people's strengths are. And like, so for me, I, I'm very aware of my strengths and I always make sure that I find people that have strengths that are complementary to mine um, and that can bring things to the table uh, that maybe I can't, I can't, or that can bring things to the table better than I can, you know? So, um, for DL, I've got two people that are on that project and for flat out social, I have a bigger team because we, we do so much more. So we've got, you know, um, ads, we've got, um, design, we've got a copywriting. So this is, it's, it's a bigger team. We also have a few, a free freelancers that we work with that are, not on a regular basis, but that are amazing people that we subcontract when, when we need, we know when we have a bigger workload. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I think, I think it's, it's been amazing that even though we've had this massive pandemic has hit us, you know, the world, I mean, um, it hasn't really affected us in terms of our workload, which, which we're very grateful for. Um, but yeah, but we have a really small team that is great of people who love what they do. Uh, because I'm a coach as well, we every single person that works with me, we do uh, a strength scope profile, which is basically uh, 
a, t- a personality test that allows us to know what energizes you, um, what are your strengths so that you can play to your strengths. Um, and it also helps as a team understand the dyna- the team dynamic and what are people's different strengths and how we can complement each other as a team. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think it's great when the boss is a coach. I mean, professional coach. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It really does help with the, the building the team in the right way and yeah. developing the people's talents. Yeah, I, I love reading and um, especially in terms of business books. And uh, since um, you are uh, from the marketing strategy field, uh, which books would you recommend uh, for someone to start uh, to do fundamentals and then move on to something cutting edge in Oof. this field? Okay. Um, okay. I'm a firm believer that it all starts with mindset, right? If your mindset is right, you'll be able to do great right. things. And your, if your mindset isn't right, it's very hard to do stuff even if you're very good at it so one of the books that i always recommend to people is the the war of arts by stephen pressfield and basically it's a book about understanding the nature of resistance and what it looks like in your life whenever you're about to start a project or whatever anything that is stretching and that's going to grow you you are going to feel resistance and so he talks about the fact that you know Resistance comes in different ways, but two specific, two specific ways that he talks about is number one, um, rationalization. So really rational, legit reasons why you cannot do what you said you were going to do. And number two, procrastination, you know, how sometimes when you procrastinate, it's actually resistant resistance and how to basically not resist doing what you said you were going to do because it's, believe me, every time you start a project, there's always good reasons for not actually following through. Another book that I really love um, is Essentialism, um, which is a book about basically cutting the fat when it comes to, uh, and, and, you know, I, it's a, one of those books that challenges me, you know, because uh, I... Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet. Like, you know, it's about saying no to the right things so that you can say yes to the right things. And it's about cutting the fat on all the stuff and then really focusing on the one thing that really is uh, you're meant to be doing and that is, you know, going to get you the the biggest results. Right. And then in terms of marketing, the last one, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I can tell you about books like for hours, <laughs> but um, uh so building a, a story brand is one of the marketing books that I think every single person who is thinking about their marketing, thinking about their messaging, which is one of the foundations of marketing, you know, how you communicate your message. Uh, so building a story brand by Donald Miller is one of the books that is absolutely key. Uh, and it tells you about how to tell stories and how to um, engage your ideal customer with the right language and the key elements that need to be included in your messaging pretty much no so, that's yeah. excellent i think that can be uh, my next desk book <laughs> because i love stories and i love marketing and one yeah. of the books i love is the um, power of storytelling yeah uh, 
so I think this one is more geared towards marketing, so this should be fabulous. Yeah, Although, that's great. Uh, Rosalie, it's been such a fascinating um, and warm discussion. Thank you so much. And I wish you success and good luck in all of your projects. Um, and um, thank you so much for uh, coming over to Open School of Business and talking about all of your businesses. Thanks. Amazing. Thanks for having me.